<laughs> all right, I can answer that for her. I can answer that. So first of all, and John and I were just talking about that. We do talk for about, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes after the show while I'm doing the post-production. And we used to talk about the show itself. That sucked, that sucked. That was not good. You suck, I suck. It's, and we go through that. Um, but we also said, aren't we lucky that we set it up this way and that we just have producers they drag us through this, this journey, every single show, bring us boots on the ground, clips, stories, ideas, criticism, stuff that I can read with that voice. Um, this is also appreciated. Um, this is, this is, I mean, I'll be honest with you, there's no exit strategy. This is the exit strategy. I'm gonna die spitting the microphone. I think Tina is not, an official member of Moms for Liberty. However, she is on the text message group, and it usually goes like this. She's like, oh my god, look what they're all spun up over now. I said, what is it? And like, okay, and then Julie would be somewhere else, like, okay, let me go, let me research this, let me see what's going on. Oh, it's okay, they can calm down. And then you send it out to them. So uh, we actually try to control, try to keep our, our local, who we do love, our local Moms for Liberties. Um, chapter in not too spun up, so yes, but uh, no, I, I you have enough to do, you don't need more meetings. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> what is an important book you'd recommend? Well, I'd recommend the Bible, uh, obviously, that's a good one to read. Um, there's a couple other books that have been important to me. Um, actually, if anyone, if you have the chance, Atlas Shrugged. It's really, it's really an interesting book. It may take you a couple months to get through it. You got one right there. It may take you a while to get through it, but that is a book for the ages. It kind of describes the time that we're in right now. So that would be that would be the book I would also recommend. If you could go, if you could go back and tell a younger you a piece of advice you've learned or gained over the years, what would it be? Oh, yeah, that's an easy one. Um, if I could go back, I would tell the younger me, I would say, don't worry. Don't worry about the stuff. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough to worry for itself. Don't worry. Everything will be okay. I have worried so much in my life. I mean, there, there, there was a time in 1990, it was, it was around 1990, um, I had a young baby, I had maybe $4,000 in the bank, I had a mortgage payment due, and MTV finally fired me for the fifth and final time. I wouldn't cut my hair or something like that. I was done, fired, fired, and I'm like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? And I freaked out for a week, and I was just like, I was eating myself up inside, and I was like, what am I gonna do? And then they called and said, they can't find anyone else to do it, they'll hire you back for six times the amount or whatever. Um, and right, that's when I decided it's not worth it. It's not worth stressing over. Everything will work itself out eventually. So I, I really never worried much about stuff after that. So I wish I had learned that earlier, even earlier than I did. I, yeah. here. If you never set upon the path of media deconstruction, where do you think you'd be now? Oh, oh, that's very easy. I'd be Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> Will you work for Big Mike in 2024? <laughs> 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 Thank you.
I will gladly manage the website since I have BigMike2024.com. That is good sense. That's good sense. Name the most famous person whom you met before that person became famous. Uh, most famous person I met before that person became like really famous. Actually, John Stewart. Um, John Stewart worked at MTV, and he he was really just kind of a nerdy, not a very successful. Actually, two people, not a very successful comedian. And there was the MTV Beach House for those of you old enough to remember. And we were hanging out there playing Street Fighter Two. Nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hi, awesome. Uh, old people, nice, very nice. Um, and he, you know, he, he was he was a pretty cool guy. What was interesting is the other person I met before he became famous or infamous was his roommate. And I actually did um, a uh, it was like a special for CNN. It was really weird. It was a long time ago, and I, Tina and I were just talking about that. And I was it was CNN wanted to have something hip with a hip young new councilman from New York, happened to be John Stewart's roommate at the time, was Anthony Weiner. Well, there's two parts of the story, so I remember, first of all, I was way out of my league. I mean, this is like 88 or something. I have no, I have no business even, I didn't know, barely what a councilman did. I'm just like, I'm an MTV guy. And they sent me to New York, and I remember, this guy's an insincere prick. He completely did not care about anybody. The minute he, we were going to film at a pool hall in Brooklyn, the minute he walked in, like, hey, everybody, and then he was all Mr. Mr. Politics. He was like exactly what you'd expect from a douchebag politician. Now, he was Chuck Schumer's boy. That was He was supposed to be the, the senator from New York, and so we also were going to, we went to D.C. to uh, talk to Chuck Schumer, and that guy scared me. I mean, and I had no idea what, what he was talking about. I was just like, uh, and it was, I just remember this guy, the Schumer, is on a very different power trip level. And then to later see that unfold with the, the infamy that Anthony Weiner came into and how it was basically discredited. I would say those are the, the two stories that I remember of people I really knew, you know, in a way before they became famous and infamous. And this would not a two, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> okay, how often do you and John get together in person, and how would you describe John to a non-no-agenda person? Uh, so I, we actually haven't seen each other since our wedding, which was which was nice. He he came in. I'll I'll, I'll tell you this story. Right here. Uh, so twenty uh, oh twenty. She was going to come a day later. 
uh, well, we had a little party before the, before the night before the wedding at our house, and you know, just for friends and family. And it was until what, 7:30? And John's not doesn't show, doesn't show. And all of a sudden, about 7:25, John rolls up, comes in. Hey, you got a TV? Can I turn it on? I want to watch the game. <laughs> and that's really true. So we're very, very. Tina will be the first to say we're very awkward together. Because uh, we really have nothing to say. Uh, it's almost like what you described like it's like a first date. We're almost like, hey man, how you doing? It's awkward and it just have we, we don't yeah, I don't know. We we love talking to each other. You know, we don't talk before the show, we don't discuss anything, we don't discuss clips. I mean John sends me his clips, I, I don't I don't even look at it. There's a little bit of titles, anything there that I might you know, I don't want to double anything. Um, and then after the show, again, it's just like, oh, it was good, stuck, whatever, B plus, B minus. That's, it's never, it's always a B minus, really. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, the only other thing is he'll send me the newsletter, um, you know, to check it, which means, man, there's so many, so many misspellings and stuff. And then, uh, I try to get up most over my house. Uh, and that's and that's really it. So it, that's the most, I think it's really the pureness of that relationship is we really, care about what we're talking about at that moment. There's nothing else we have. We really don't have any other relationship. Now, was the question, how did we first meet, or is that coming up? That people no, always want to ask that. How would you describe John? Oh, how would I describe him? Oh, man. So now I know it. Well, he, he's the uncle that you really like until he brings out the slides. And he wants to show you the slideshow. Luckily, he doesn't have the slides. But no, he, he is, I mean, obviously, he's a brilliant guy. He has a lot of experience. He has a couple of years on me. He's done some really interesting things. And I think even uh, in the past few episodes, when John, when he starts off with, when I was a kid, you know you're in for a ride. And it's usually something really good and entertaining and stuff you had no idea about. And I love being able to toss him and say, hey, you know about antibiotics. Hey, you know about air pollution. And I love it because he does know that stuff. Okay, your favorite place that you lived residentially? Uh, favorite place? Well, I, actually, I, I would say Fredericksburg, Texas is my favorite place. We love it there. We, I mean, I've lived in a lot of places. You moved around a bit as well. And um, getting out of Austin, although it was great for us. We loved living downtown. It was a lot of fun until it just got crazy. But being in Fredericksburg, we've got a great little community. If you ever come through, let us know. We love to hook up. We love to have beers or coffee with you if it's possible. They're around, um, I, and I think that that's our feet first house. I don't think we're going to leave uh, unless, uh, yeah, just feet first. Yeah, I don't worry about going first. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so I think you can probably figure out who asked this question: Is my girlfriend AI? <laughs> Who asked that? Who ever wanted to know that? Brian. He said that. Oh, uh, there he is. Ladies and gentlemen, say hello to Sir Brian with an I over there. Well, since she's not here, she might be AI. And let me guess the next question is, are you AI? Definitely. <laughs> okay, prediction here. Is RSS truly censorship proof? And what steps should new pod podcasters take? To protect themselves. 
Uh, okay, so that's kind of nerdy, but I like it. Um, so, it, yes, it's important to know, and a lot of you have probably heard this story from me if you listen to Podcasting 2.0 or take a look at anything and the work we're doing there, um, that what we're seeing is platforms, the people believe the internet is platforms, think YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all the Google, that this is the internet, it's not. Uh, really, the World Wide Web it is the internet. And the reason why uh, your No Agenda show is still going strong um, after all these years is for two reasons. One is because we've always had our own infrastructure. Thank, thank you to Void Zero mainly uh, for always running that for us. We run it on our own servers, but you don't even have to do You can rent a server uh, as long as you do it on, uh, with RSS, and we don't have to get into that. But it's not the platforms that they're offering, so it's always a dead end to do it through what people have grown up to know as the internet. The second part of that is advertising is censorship. There's just no two ways around it. And so we've always avoided that. So for anyone who's starting out, yes, do it on RSS, do it um, in, within your own realm, and value for value, and that's really what you all have proven, value for value is the only way that you can really make it work. And after 16 years, we're still here. Okay, now following on with that, uh, what one piece of practical advice would you give to those who are starting out their own podcasting adventure? Oh, okay, uh, if, you're, if you're starting a podcast, I have uh, two pieces of advice. People always want to know how long should it be. There's no ideal length. When you're bored of hearing yourself talk, it's time to stop. Or if you're doing something else, it's time to stop. Uh, John and I usually end the show when we're done. And we're done, and we're bored of each other. Uh, sometimes it's three, sometimes it's three and a half hours, it all depends. The other thing is if you're starting out, make sure you always release, if you're doing it weekly or every two weeks, it doesn't matter, try and always release it on the same day, around the same time, because as most of you know, you start to kind of arrange your life around that. Man, when we changed and we went two hours later, people were losing their shit. <laughs> Like this one, it was like it's like the earth shifted. Like, oh no, my whole world has changed because it's two hours later. So if you're so if you're starting your own podcast, try and release it on the same day of the week as well as around the same time. Okay, three more questions. Sure. This is a long one, and I should have a voice for this, but. What can we do to finally get you to get into more second half of show material? Could you ever really scratch that deep state off the books itch? Some of us know you could. All right. You'll be happy to know that I have received some information this evening, new shit has come to light, that may actually make it into the second half of the show. I shall not look in any direction as to who might have given me something that might have something to do with UFOs that actually were flying around. I would say that I've already been given some material. That's really it, having new material, something that really comes from a reputable source, because most of the stuff out there is just... You know, those guys who are making money on videos and stuff about UAPs. But luckily, um, the producers have come through, and so for those of you looking for second half of show material, I think you could look forward to that coming very soon. Yeah! Thank God! And how really did you begin the relationship with JCD? Okay, uh, so John and I um, 
met for the first time on this week in this week in tech. Any Twit fans out there? Anyone who found us through Twit? Okay, yeah. a couple. Um, we were both on the show. We were by a remote, but I think it was audio only. And after the show, uh, Dvorak, who I didn't really know that well, I didn't really know what he did or his background, let's put it that way. And there he is. There's his head on a stick. Um, and so he said after the show, he said, Curry, what's your deal? Are you rich? People don't like you. <laughs> Literally like that. He said, we should have lunch. I'm in San Francisco. And uh, so we had lunch, and I just started uh, Podshow, a company at the time, uh, where I learned that you can't monetize the network, but that's another story. But I did have a company credit card funded by the venture capitalists, and so I'd always have uh, John select a great restaurant. Uh, there were a lot of good ones in San Francisco at the time, and he would also select a dynamite wine. Uh, we put it on the company credit card, and um, for those of you who listened to the early, the first probably 40 episodes of No Agenda, we talked a lot about the wine and the food that the company paid for. And um, but really, what happened is we were doing those those um, those meals, and then I would go back to London. I'd come every two or three weeks, going back and forth, and we would talk on Skype. And I and this is around the time of the European Union, the the euro was being shuttled in, and they had the, the Lisbon Treaty, which had to be voted on twice by Ireland because they voted wrong the first time. It was a mess. And I would be reading the newspaper in the UK, and you know we had internet, obviously, but it still wasn't super fast, and, and you know we didn't have a lot of the we didn't have the social networks and all that stuff hadn't really happened yet. And, and so we would see the discrepancy in news reporting between what he was reading on the West Coast and what I was seeing in the UK and in the Dutch press. And we just would catch up like once a week on Skype and then you know, we'd talk for half an hour or whatever and then literally John said, we should probably record this, we can make it into a podcast. We work at a podcast, because I'd hired him, we work at a podcast company. So we did and we just started to record and then what do we call it? I said, well, we have no agenda, so we'll call it no agenda, and we'll make sure we have no jingles, no commercials. <laughs> <laughs> and that changed. <laughs> okay, last question. What do you think more of us need to do to change the direction of this country besides voting? Yeah. Well, actually, this is one of my favorite questions. Um, local. Do stuff locally. Where my generation screwed up, in the 80s and the 90s, we were walking around, you know, we were making you know, a career, we were having a lot of fun, everything was good. Um, you know, city council, but <laughs> it's school board, loser, can't you get a better gig? Well, we learned from that. So doing things local, going to your local council meetings, make sure that, you have, that your local community is running the way you want it. Everything else can flow from there. Doesn't matter who your president is, your president's not your daddy, he's not gonna save your world. Yes, a lot of important things can be done, um, but we've, we've even seen that in our, and I'm trying to walk the talk, in our own community, go, go to a city council meeting, get involved, just showing up sometimes is enough, and then once you have that kind of in order with your local people, you know, if there's something screwy going on in the county, you can you know, go to that level, or the state level, et cetera, et cetera. And the United States, and I've lived in a lot of countries, believe me, this is the best one to live in. It really is, especially now because we still have the First Amendment backed up by the Second Amendment. It really is. So, Thanks,
Well, thank you again for coming. I think I've met just about everybody. If not, we're going to be here for a little bit longer. Make sure you come and see the keeper too, because and I would be remiss if I didn't say if you don't already listen to it, listen to Curry and the Keeper, because that's a whole other side of, of us that you might enjoy listening to. Thank you all so much. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your courage, and thank you for coming out to this window. The reason we're here is because of Mike here. He, he said he, he's had a relationship with the bar. So, yeah, I just wanted to thank uh, our bartenders yes. and our servers. And I want to thank Nick, uh, who owns the place. Uh, I, I approached him a few weeks back. I said, hey, I got a whole bunch of folks who want to hang out on a Monday night, and uh, we don't want to pay for it. <laughs> And he obliged. So uh, don't forget to tip your bartenders and your waiters. And uh, yeah, uh, this is my favorite bar. They can attest to it because I'm here way more often than is healthy. But uh, yeah, favorite bar, favorite crowd, favorite podcast. Oh, also, uh, shout out to all of those in the crowd here who um, helped help us put all this together. All you guys who like mingled with everybody and got to know more people. And hey, we have we have an Indiana meetup every month, so you know you're invited to come. We we usually get the meetups out there uh, a couple weeks before, and the next one is scheduled for January 12th. Although Mimi wrote me down and said I can't publish this, there's not enough material here. And I said, I, we're, I'm just putting a marker down. And he said, oh, okay. So, January 12th, we'll, we may come back here, because this is a great song. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming. Oh, yeah, we'll give you that. Yeah, go ahead. You got the, you got the better voice. Oh. Okay, so one thing we always do in the end of the Indie Man meetup is, is we do. Uh, uh, in the morning, through the picture. So everybody get over this way, in front of the bar. Okay. Okay, on the count of three, we're going to say, in the morning, from Indianapolis. Sound good? Um, How about Big Mike, 2024? Again, said that. Okay, Suggestions? In the morning. In the morning, okay. In the morning. Sounds good. In, in three, two, one. Ready? Three, two, one. Whoa. In the morning! And this time I'll press the button. Okay. Three, two, one.